We have a guest with us here on the Linder Farm Network, candidate for Congress in Minnesota's 1st District, Brad Finstead. He served as state director for the USDA Rural Development in Minnesota and a fourth-generation resident of New Ulm. Brad, we wanted to visit with you a little bit about why you're running. But to begin with, tell us about yourself, uh, things that you've done, and a bit about growing up. Sure. Thanks, thanks, Lynn. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I am a product of the first through and through. Uh, as you stated, I'm a fourth-generation resident of, of the first, and uh, I met my wife in second grade on the school bus, an, uh, a fellow resident of the first, and her family has been farming uh, in southern Minnesota for generations. And so we're, uh, we've proudly uh, been married for 22 years, and uh, we have seven kids. And uh, so that, that really is what drives me and drives, drives us. Uh, so I've spent my career really just focused on service and giving back to the community that uh, has, has just blessed us tremendously. I uh, had the opportunity to work in the uh, ag sector uh, right out of college. I have a degree from the University of Minnesota and uh, really kind of cut my teeth in agribusiness. And through that, uh, um, worked my way into ag and rural policy issues. And so I spent some time um, in that field. And uh, through that, I had the opportunity actually to go on and work with uh, Congressman Mark Kennedy in the old 2nd Congressional District in southwest Minnesota. And, uh, you know, there I saw firsthand um, federal, federal government and the, uh, the ins and outs of writing the Farm Bill. Uh, Mark served on the Ag Committee. So that was a great opportunity and uh, kind of gave me the bug to, to do more. And so I went on and ran and, and won and served three terms in the Minnesota legislature. And, uh, and then the last uh, 15 years, I've been focused on uh, helping run um, rural and agricultural organizations as executive director. Um, again, working on rural policy, agricultural issues, and helping drive, uh, drive the, uh, the industry, drive rural economy issues. And, and uh, through all of that, I have uh, remained grounded in our family farm. My brother and I now are, are farming our family farm, and we have a small egg business uh, that works hand-in-hand -hand with that farm uh, in the precision egg world in a soil, soil lab. And so, um, and then now the last four years, last three and a half years, uh, in the President Trump administration, proudly serving as the uh, state director for USDA Rural Development. So, my life uh, has been focused on southern Minnesota, rural Minnesota, and I'm just really, uh, really proud to call it my home. Brad, let's talk about that uh, right now because people in rural Minnesota and farmers and so on just want good common sense from their government. Do you think we're getting that right now? Well, that's what really, Liam, that's what's driving me to run. You know, I look at my family and, uh, you know, the future of my family with seven children. And I look at families all over southern Minnesota. And I, and I just ask myself, you know, are we doing the best that we can? Are we, uh, my grandfather, again, a product of the first congressional district, uh, was a wise man and always kind of just pushed us to leave, leave whatever we're doing better than we found it. And I take a look at our, our government right now and the way our country is heading with you know, just crippling inflation, weakness on the world stage, just a, a lot of really serious things that, you know, we have to ask ourselves, are we going to be able to leave this world and this country a better place than we found it? And, uh, and, and that's really what's driving me right now is that I, I, I feel like uh, we see the house is on fire and we got to run to that fire and help put it out. 
Brad, let's talk a bit about that because energy prices are such a big issue right now. And we were energy self-sufficient just a, a couple of years ago. And now we're relying on uh, dictatorships and other countries. What would you do if you're in Congress? What do you want to see us do? Well, we, we got to focus back on an America first energy policy. Um, you know, when, when we put ourselves onto the world market, and become so reliant on folks that have a lot of different interests in mind than our interests. Um, it shows you how weak we can be, become uh, on the world stage. It shows you how reliant we are and, and how the whims of, of, quite frankly, just ruthless folks set the price and dictate, you know, they dictate pocketbook issues for us. So, you know, you, you drive around southern Minnesota right now and, and you see the gas prices. Uh, you talk to folks in the trucking industry. You talk to small businesses that are shipping goods to and for, uh, to and fo, fo, and it is uh, it's frustrating. It's crippling, and it's it's forcing people to make decisions on, well, how do we add employees right now when we can barely afford to keep the gas bills going, or where where else do we need to cut back? So we need an energy first, uh, America first energy policy. Um, we need to untap the resources that we have there, and and as you pointed out. Just three or four years ago, we were in a much different place. So uh, this is a classic example of where leadership matters. I can't understand why we don't go at full capacity, and I also don't understand why, frankly, the Biden administration is anti-biofuels. What's your read on that? Yeah, so again, when when you talk about an America-first energy policy, it needs to be everything, right? And uh, you look at southern Minnesota and just the untapped potential we have for, for energy, whether it's biodiesel, ethanol, um, you name it, the renewable resources that we have that could play a big part and do play a big part in our energy policy. Um, there just needs to be a mood and, a, again, a, a temperament of leaders that understand that, you know, we, we can do things um, to, to become more economically viable, to create more opportunities for our farmers, to create more, um, just more energy sources here in America, um, and we can do it in a very environmental, uh, sustainable way. Uh, you know, farmers in southern Minnesota are some of the best environmentalists that I've met uh, anywhere, and uh, so it can't be an all-or-nothing approach. We have to make sure that we're looking at all opportunities, again, to become diversified in the energy world, but also, uh, you know, driven by an America-first policy. Governor Walls has uh, instituted, bypassed the state legislature, and uh, went through the rulemaking to tie Minnesota to California fuel standards. And I know there's a lot of controversy about that. If California decides all electric, Minnesota's tied to that. What's your thoughts on that? What's your opinion? Stating and the governor's going to do what the governor's going to do. But I mean, overall, from a energy policy standpoint and from a federal standpoint i mean it's we have to we have to make sure we have people at the table that understand rural minnesota that understands the needs the capacities uh you know and quite frankly with the amount of uh you know three-quarter ton pickups and semis and just you know the, the nature of the equipment that we use in farm country and in southern minnesota um, we have to be reasonable and we have to have that southern minnesota common sense that says we can't go all or nothing on the electrical on the electric vehicle standpoint. Now, is there places and opportunities for it to be effective and useful? I'm, I'm sure there is, but you know, to force some mandates down from from government, whether it's state or federal, 
Uh, when, when the heavy hand of government forces these mandates down, there will be consequences, and the consequences are the price of doing business goes up, um, the, the availability of just, you know, the inputs. So, I mean, do we have the, do we have the electric grid and, and systems in southern Minnesota to support that? And if the answer is no, then we're, we're creating, ha- you know, haves and have-nots. And, again, it's pitting, pitting rural America against, urban America. And it's just, it's, it's bad politics, it's bad policy, and, and it doesn't fit the, the southern Minnesota conservative values that, that we all have. Brad, let's talk about uh, some other issues. One in particular is crime. I know a lot of folks uh, used to go to downtown Minneapolis for Christmas or whatever. Many now are simply staying away from it. Uh, there was earlier a referendum to defund the police that the attorney general uh, was uh, involved with, apparently. And what's your thoughts on the whole uh, crime issue as you look uh, at potentially as a congressman here in Minnesota? Yeah, well, I think from, from government at all levels, we need to restore some sanity. Um, and law and order needs to mean something. You know, the laws of our land need to mean something. And, um, you know, respect, you know, just basic foundation and, and just the basic foundation of government, you know, providing that safety net, providing uh, fire and, and police and, you know, just the essentials. It should be a, of the core of, of who we are as a country and the core of our democracy. And, you know, it, it hurts my heart to see the defund the police movement and, and uh, you know, showing, you know, lack of respect for law and order. So, you know, I, again, it's just, it comes down to some basic Southern Minnesota values of, you know, what do we teach our kids? We teach our kids to behave and treat others the way we want to be treated you know, the whole golden rule. And um, when, when, we, when we delegitimize police force, uh, we hurt future generations um, of considering, you know, entering that workforce. Uh, we, we create vulnerabilities within the current, uh, you know, policing efforts, and it's just, it's just not healthy. So I think we just got to get back to some humanity and civility in the discussion. I mean, obviously, we, we need law and order, and we need to be strong with enforcing the laws of the land. And, and that's, that's why we have the government and democracy that we have. If the laws of the land aren't fitting, um, you know, the, the, the day and the time, then we send folks to Congress to work on changing those laws. Um, but, again, it's just getting back to civility and being able to have human conversations with folks and really try to f- fix what's broke. We're watching the whole Ukraine-Russian situation on TV every day. Your thoughts on that? What should the U.S. be doing? Well, I think when we uh, show our hand as a weak presence on the world stage, we allow, quite frankly, we allow the really bad guys of this world to try to make power plays. And those power plays have very strong and deep humanitarian uh, ramifications and devastation. And so... We need to stand back up to the bullies of the world. We need to show strength, and that strength can come in a lot of different ways. You know, it can be through the military. It can be through sanctions, economic sanctions. It can be through trade. Um, but uh, quite frankly, the, the weakness in this situation, which has allowed, you know, partially allowed this to happen, we again in southern Minnesota are seeing the ripple effects in our pocketbooks. I just talked to a farmer the other day, and uh, I think some urea costs were up 200% over last year. So input costs for fertilizers for the spring crop. Um, so, you know, once again, we're seeing some nice prices in our commodities in the ag world. 
but it's all going to be eaten away with the input costs. And, uh, and, and because we're so vulnerable on the world stage right now, and, uh, and so we need to show some strength and be serious about how we want to provide some stability and peace to the world. Okay, Brad, anything else you'd like to uh, share with our listeners today here on the Linder Farm Network about issues or your candidacy, uh, anything like that? Yeah, I just appreciate the time to, to visit, and I look forward to meeting folks out, out and about on the, on the road here. And uh, really, I just uh, ask if, if anyone wants to learn more or tip in more, you know, head, head over to our website and connect with us. But uh, it would be an honor uh, to serve my friends, family, and neighbors of Southern Minnesota and Congress and really just bring that Southern Minnesota conservative value to Washington. Okay, Brad, you're going to have a busy several months coming up here, aren't you? That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm built for sprints. <laughs> uh, sounds good. Brad Finstead, candidate for first district congressman in Minnesota with us here today on the Linder Farm Network.